Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. Welcome back to the classroom. Coach Weaver, we just got done talking about cars on our previous podcast, and I want to keep that going a little bit um, with something that was in some reading this summer that I did, and it just got me thinking a little bit different. But I have a weird question to start this podcast off. Can you drive a, a clutch? Can you drive a stick? Yes. You want the short answer or the long answer? No, how I learned? Good. How I learned? And then I'll tell you a story real quick. All right, here it looks we go. like there's a story there. there there's definitely a story. Uh, so we worked on a farm for a summer. And Dan Schrader, one of my best friends from high school, the guy that owned this farm, asked us, hey, do y'all want to drive the farm truck? It was a little S10. And we're like, sure. He goes, it's a stick shift. Do y'all know how to drive a stick shift? So being 15 years old, answer is yes, <laughs> we sure do, knowing we had no clue. <laughs> and, I mean, he had like probably 20 acres, and we were just driving around. We were doing some stuff with cross ties. We had to load these cross ties into the bed of the truck and move them. And Dan was like, how are we going to do this? I was like, uh, I'm going to try it first. So we started, and it was like we – we kept stalling out. You'd hear, bing, bing, you know, the clutch and all that. We couldn't get the, gla- the gas and the clutch and all that. Well, we got it going one time. And instead of turning the truck off, we tried to keep the truck running, keep it going, and get out of the truck, both of us, and run around. While it's going, we both run around the back, run around the back and then I get in the passenger side, he get in the driver's side. Never worked out. So learn how to drive it uh, every day. We probably took us about 20 days to kind of get the feel of how this thing is supposed to work. I mean, it was a little Chevy S10. Fast forward six months. I'm working for my uncle at a produce company, and he has one of these big dualies stick shift. And I've been in the warehouse since like 4 a.m. And my Uncle Bill goes, John, you know how to drive a stick? Yeah, sure do. He goes, I need you to make a delivery to Isla Capri, one of the casinos. Well, in Vicksburg, there is a huge hill that goes to the top. Well, going down the hill was easy. To say that there was diesel exhaust, black diesel exhaust from me shifting and driving down Washington Street, that would be accurate. I was like, man, this is not good. I go down Isla Capri, make the delivery, and I'm sitting at the bottom of the hill like, how am I going to make this happen? Because I knew if I got to the top of the hill at the red light, I was fine. It was getting to the top. So I waited till car. there were no cars in Florida going up the hill. I mean, it was a pretty steep hill. And uh, luckily, there were no cars. Luckily, uh, I got to the top of the hill without rolling backwards. But my journey of driving a stick shift started on a farm, ended at the Isle Capri, and that was the last time that I got my butt into a seat with a stick shift. Okay. Well, 
I'm a farm kid from Iowa. So the obvious answer for me is got to know how to drive a stick, right? In fact, when I was growing up, I don't know if it's the case now, but driver's ed made you learn how to drive a stick. So when you took driver's ed, you had to learn how to change a tire. You had to learn how to drive a stick. And so for those of the, the, the kids that couldn't do that, they were stuck in the parking lot for a couple of days extra, you know, teetering back and forth, watching the car rise and then fall and rise and fall as they learned to kind of do what they could. Um, and I remember I was probably like 12, 13 when I learned on the farm, you know, I'm on the, in the tractor and my dad's like, okay, here's how you do it and pushing the clutch. And then he's like, you shift. And he walks me through the shift. He's like, here's your, here's your reverse. Here's your one, your two, your three, your four, your five, kind of your gear shift. And he goes, you won't, you got to kind of take the, the gears and make sure you're in gear. Cause sometimes you'll pop out of gear and you'll think you're in gear and then you'll come to a halt and, and he's like, and so I'm like, okay, so when do I shift? Culture Classroom is sponsored by Pro Quick Draw, the dynamic playbook solution for modern coaches. Let technology work for you with time-saving features to eliminate the busy work so you can spend more time coaching. Our subscription comes with starter templates, stencils, and plays for you to begin building your 2022 playbook quickly. Give us a try for 30 days and keep all the templates you make during your trial. That's Pro Quick Draw. Cause that's all you really want to do when you're a kid, right? Yeah. Like you want to be the stock car driver and you're just, oh, yeah. you know, just want to just, just ram it and, uh, and really change those gears at a high pace. And my dad's like, well, you know, it's kind of like race cars. So like when you hear your pitch go way up on your motors, you're cruising along and that, that high pitch whine starts to hit. That's when you shift and it, it'll drop it down and then it'll go, you know, and then you go back to the next one and, and so I was like, it's a great analogy because it, it was really good. So I'm sitting there and the first time I'm feeling really confident, right? I've got my two minute crash course from my dad on how to drive a stick. And I'm feeling really powerful on this big tractor and pushing the clutch and I fire it up and the puff of, of diesel comes up through the, the smokestack. And you're like, okay, this is pretty cool when you're 12, 13. And then I go to put it in gear and I inch forward about six inches and it dies. <laughs> then I got to push in the clutch, problem solve, put it back in neutral, like, you know? And so my first few times, my dad's just laughing. He's just watching me from the machine shed as I'm trying to figure out, and he's not going to come and bail me out, right? Because that's a big part of learning how to drive a stick is you figure out what the hell you did wrong right. and then fix it next time. And so my dad's right. just laughing and, and I'm panicked. I'm like, oh God, I can't get this thing to go. Like, I thought I knew everything. I thought I had it. And eventually though, and you kind of said it took six months or whatever of, of just trying day after day, eventually you get to a point where you just do it and you don't even think anything of it. Right. And, uh, I feel like to our cultures out there, to our coaches out there who are teaching culture mm -hmm. and we're in it right now, you and I are in season and everyone's really excited at first. And then that excitement kind of wanes as the season goes on based on how much success you have or whatever's happening to you as well it's kind of like driving a stick. Like at first we roll out this big culture plan, right? Like here's everything that we're going to do. This is what it means to be a monarch. This is what it means to be a patriot. This is how we do things here, mm -hmm. right? The 49er way. Um, and so you roll it out and it's really big. And then you go to let out the clutch and to give up ownership so the players can actually do it. And the whole thing dies. Yeah. So then we got to put it back in neutral. We got to put the clutch back in. We got to restart it up and we go again. 
And it's this constant balance of how much gas and how much clutch do you give at the same time? Mm. And that's the feel part, right? Like mm -hmm. my dad could teach me, here's the clutch, here's the gas. He can't teach me the feel. Right. He can't say, well, you need to move your, you know, move your foot and put more pressure on when you're like, I just had to kill it 200 times before I figured out, oh man, I like, this is how much I need. Yeah. And I feel like our culture is the same way in whatever organization we're leading. Yeah, that's a great, great way to look at it. And I, I started thinking back to when I was on the farm <coughs> and learning to drive the stick of how important the feel was. Like how much did I give with my left foot and my right foot for the gas and the clutch? And I mean, all we wanted to do was drop the hammer and get that thing going. Um, but I think that's so true with with the coaching world. And I, you great up just a great point of everybody wants the culture just to happen. And then, you know, we're having this discussion right now, like there are teams that need to be player-led, and every coach wants a player-led team, but there are some teams that need to be coach-led until they're player-led. And that's the thick of it we're in right now. This team has to be coach-led that we're in. Or previous three have been player-led, which, I mean, they call us coach for a reason, but until the kids get the feel of what the culture is from us, the clutch is just going to die. I mean, they're going to stall out and they're going to be, you know, we, we don't want them for, for my purposes and where I'm thinking, I don't want them to go up that hill on the Isle of Capri because they might fall if they don't know the feel. Um, they'll take a chance on it and full transparency. If I had to have stopped on that hill, oh shit, good luck to the person behind me. And I don't want that to happen to our team. So until they feel it, you got to be with them until they can feel it. They get the, you know, the push of the clutch, the push of the gas, and what gear am I in? Because, you know, if that happens um, and they don't have it right, just like you said before, they stall out. Yeah, and I mean, expect it, right? Expect it to happen. Expect them to kill the engine. Mm -hmm. Let them kill the engine. Right. I feel like that's a big part of learning is, my dad, if he would have jumped in and bailed me out and called me, you know, a dumbass, like which he did lots of times when I was growing up, if he would have done it right there when I'm learning how to drive, I don't ever get the feel, right? Mm -hmm. Because he jumped in and bailed me out, and that's the end of the conversation. And and now I spend the rest of my time not knowing how to drive a clutch. But he didn't do that. And I think a lot of times as coaches, we want to the minute that things aren't exactly how we thought they were in our mind, we want to jump in and we want to take control and we want to be like, okay, get to the passenger seat. Right. And now we're back because we have the feel, we know what we want. But I think it's really hard if you're in between, right? Mm -hmm. If you are a player-led team one year and everything was great, and now you have to be the coach-led team because your current players can't handle it, mm -hmm. or vice versa. If you've always been the coach-led team, but you've got a great group of people, but they don't know how to be leaders as players, that's the feel and the disconnect, right? And mm -hmm. so that's really tough for people who are figuring this thing out as we're going. Yeah. And please just don't put words on a piece of paper and stick them on the wall. <laughs> or on a t-shirt <laughs> or on, you know, or on a parent email or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I saw the, I'm anxious to see, and this is a tangent, how many people now will have 60% shirts being worn? 
you know? And they don't even know what it means. And you're talking about, you know, we're talking about the Jets and the 60% thing that went viral this weekend uh, with their head coach talking about you can get to 40%, but once you get to the 6%, you got to go to a dark place, and it's all about the Navy SEALs. So talking about culture, I wonder how many people now will gravitate to the 60% T-shirt and, and all that stuff. So, coaches, it's not about that. And if you're listening to this, you're probably not doing those things <laughs> anyway. We just – if there's new listeners, like, please don't do that. Don't don't be that guy that says, this is our culture. This is what we stand by. And you never preach it a day in your life. Uh, it's just words on a poster or on a T-shirt or a slogan. Well, I, I think that's what's great, right? Because I learned how to drive a, a stick in a tractor. You learned how to drive it in a Chevy S10. I mean, I've driven lots of sticks since then. In fact, my, my best friends in high school, they had an old, like, 1981 citation. It had two gears left of the five. You could put it in set. You had to start it in second, and then they had fifth. So, like, you want to get really good at your field? Go drive that 81 citation. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's a trick to start in second gear or whatever. Yeah. So every clutch, just like every culture, is a little bit different. Right. And I think that's the message that you're telling your coaches is, like, sometimes you're going to drive the S10, sometimes you're going to be in a – in a tractor sometimes you're going to be in that 81 citation but the feel is different for all of them because the vehicle is different and so every culture is different and you have to develop a feel as you run it coaches i hope you enjoyed these last two episodes the one about the bmw and we stayed on the car theme with the culture clutch uh, challenging you to get a feel of your team this year and uh, don't be afraid to let them fail and most importantly, don't drive. Don't get in the driver's seat. Move into the passenger and let you let you drive. Because failing equals growth. And let them grow and learn as they get older. Thanks for listening. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs>